to the Badger Politic. I'm Scott Stearns. Paul Sokol. Hey, Paul. How you been? How you holding up? Um, I jumped the gun. It's been so long since we've talked. <laughs> We're so out of practice. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is my one time where politics in my life is enjoyable. To yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're in the thick of it, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, it is it is uh, mid-August, and you know we are less than ninety days away from an election. And it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing. These uh, last few years have just blown by, right? Pretty uneventful. Not not a whole lot. Yeah, to talk about. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. uh, I still think our best episode was the forty-fifth episode in honor of. 45 yeah so yeah i've been keeping myself really busy it's good working on the i have a full disclosure i mean at this point now working on our later community efforts to turn out the vote Mm -hmm. and a lot of the work has turned into the mechanics of how people are going to vote and whether or not the ballots will be counted quickly and how to right. do ideally the 10 electoral votes in Wisconsin to Biden convincingly. Mm-hmm. So that's been really my focus. Um, we don't really hope to, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we, we're really hopeful that we could get, you know, the result in for Wisconsin fairly early. Yeah. Even though most people think we won't. That's the real concern is that, well, and Wisconsin's not unique in that as the country expects a sharp increase in absentee slash mail-in voting and our, our president likes to differentiate them as, as as if there are separate processes really they're the same process it doesn't really matter like if you're yeah, abs- if you're voting absentee yeah. you're voting it's everything's through the mail so he's just trying to create a difference where there is none yeah. so that having been said there's obviously going to be an uptick in people that are going to take advantage of not having to go to the polls and put themselves and their families at risk now we know that he's fucking with the post office and that he put a, a, a new head of the post office in charge. And now all of a sudden, I, I don't know if you've noticed the change. I have. I mean, I, I have I have magazines that I get every week that all of a sudden are showing up a day or two later than they did a month or two ago. So yeah, it, there's, there's really definitely been an impact. That much, but I haven't been following it terribly closely, but I can say this. Although I do, I have waited for some things and I mm-hmm. can say that I waited for my ballot in April and that was already, now that could be on Wisconsin and the infrastructure sure. that we didn't have built yet for vote by mail. Now we kind of have it, it yeah. looks like. So we're in good shape there, but the postal service, it looks like, I guess we're going right into, in the context of coronavirus, right? That yeah. we're doing here is trying to seal the election by sabotaging the United States Postal Service. Sure. Well, and I think the end game here... Yeah. I mean, the end game here with mucking with the post office is he hopes that by delaying the mail that fewer votes come in by election night. And Mm -hmm. then if... all All he needs is, like, electoral college victory election night, and then whatever comes in after that mm-hmm. fuck it you know that's all fraud you know it's all like democrats finding dusty boxes of ballots and basements and you know all that bullshit yeah. you know, will come out of the woodwork and he'll have people parroting that on fox news and wherever else to make the case that like no 
this election is being stolen from under our eyes and you know all that stuff right so uh, basically why i think plans to use state courts to help right for him too yeah ex exactly you know especially yeah especially states where they have a you know republican legislature and maybe a friendly governor that will help well wisconsin they don't have a friendly governor but you've got the republican right. legislature you do. Got the, uh state supreme court still mm -hmm. yep Which, exactly i mean that lost uh a year ago when we lost an election by six thousand votes yeah the supreme court was a big loss uh it was a big no. help that we took a seat this year mm -hmm. um, that should that potentially, um, you know, once in a while, Brian Hagedorn had second thoughts about uh, some of the far right stuff. But I don't think we can count on Well, it, it was telling yeah. when when the uh, when the governor, Tony Evers, uh, had a mask mandate go into place this last month. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think a few months ago the Republicans might have challenged it in, in in court. They chose not to this time because Evers, you know, it was, well, it was very, waited. He, he did. He, he waited to the end of the month. Know. Yep, he he waited for Karofsky to go to get on the court, and so yeah. the the conservative liberal majority narrowed to four to three, and mm -hmm. I think they realized like you know what, not worth our time. Screw it. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just use against them. Uh, yeah, it'd be uh, embarrassing. Yeah. So they right. didn't want to risk it. It's like, you know, that we have an election coming up. Let's just use this as an issue and a fundraising mechanism and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, well, um, Fitzgerald talked about, uh, Scott Fitzgerald talked yeah. about doing it in the legislature, but. He's he used, the, exactly. He's that's lip service because yeah, he's trying to take Sensenbrenner's seat because Sensenbrenner's yeah. retiring. So he was trying to win a Republican primary. Exactly in style, which, he, he, which did. he did, which he did handily, obviously. Yeah, but he'll be going to Congress now, barring yeah. um, some sort of extreme flip that I don't think is supported by the polling. Uh, no, it doesn't seen. doesn't look like it. So with the post office yeah. stuff, though, I mean, yeah, the postmaster general should totally resign. Probably not going to happen. I mean, no. Pelosi's talking about bringing the House back early to, to have hearings about it. That's all great. But we all know Trump's not going to buckle the pressure on this thing. What it needs is daylight. needs exposure. People need to see what he's doing. We need to do what we can to allow people to vote absentee, but allow them to get their ballot counted. And maybe bypassing the post office as much as possible is, is the answer. So the, drop boxes the, and curbside. Drop yeah. boxes, curbside, absolutely. So it allows people to get the ballot mailed to them, but then be able to drop it off, ensure it's received ahead of time. I think an important thing, too, in Milwaukee, and this was one of the things that I've certainly been keeping my eye on, you know, when I was talking about the mechanics of voting, mm -hmm. um, is that we have 16 early vote sites established throughout the city. We've never had more than eight, I believe, yeah. before. Now our early voting is limited to two weeks now, which is another shitty part really. Yeah. Uh, circuit. But at least we have 14 or 13 days open at 16 sites. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of options. You could actually have like half the population to choose that route and they'd be able to do it with self without lying through social distancing. Like we've calculated that between that, those who do the mail voting very early, and then those that maybe use drop boxes, and then also the early voting person sites, and the fact that the city now uh, has figured out how to hire enough people. Hint, it had something to do with raising pay to two hundred dollars or by to two thirty a day, and and also running Facebook ads to target 
people under the age of 50 yep. who are out of work. And uh, bada bing, bada boom, all of a sudden you got you got a lot of young poll workers. Ago. Yeah. Um, well, and we just had a primary election this past week. And it worked very well. And it, it, yeah. it worked. It definitely worked better than April. We didn't have five polling places up. We had, I think, virtually all of all of the normal polling places for the most part. I think, I think all but three yeah. uh, were able to be open this time. So yeah. hopefully we can repeat that for fall for people that, yeah. for whatever and reason, the, the, if the mail-in process breaks down or, you know, people that are comfortable yeah. enough to go out to the polling places, you know, that stuff is available. I think that's going to no, be critical. No lines. You know, I think that was one thing we did learn in April. Mm -hmm. Racine kept all their polling sites open. I think they had 13 or 14 smaller yeah. cities. Madison kept all theirs open. And both those cities had good turnout and very few issues with, like, health concerns. Whereas Milwaukee and Green Bay consolidated Waukesha mm -hmm. to just a few. And they had massive lines and a lot of chaos. And people, some people might have even gotten sick. While we're on the topic of the election, we now have a vice presidential candidate. We do. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. I remember in the primary, we were um, kind of uh, thinking that she had a real shot at the uh, top of the ticket, but uh, as it so happens. She uh, was my choice early on. Uh, yeah, I I mean, she's, if you go several podcasts back, you'd find mm -hmm. that. Yeah, no, she's very talented. If you're somebody who was maybe a Bernie supporter or somebody more progressive, I could see that there may be a level of skepticism uh, with the pick. Sure. But we knew it was going to be a female candidate. And I think of the finalists, it sounds like it was it came down to uh, Harris, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Susan Rice. I think honestly, it was it was never going to be somebody that was kind of an unknown. Because why would you give fodder yeah. for the Trump campaign to come out and define this candidate? I mean, Harris. I, I don't know if I would say she's a household name, but she's pretty well known at this stage. Okay. She's got the reputation of being, you know, very tough. If you look at both the Kavanaugh hearings and the, and the uh, Bill Barr hearings recently, mm -hmm. I mean, she pulls no punches. You know, Harris has already shown in the, in the debates in the spring that she's not afraid to question Joe Biden's judgment. Right. He didn't hold any grudge against her in terms of her calling him out for, for his past votes on things. In fact, and, he wrote it on his uh, speech notes. And yeah. Yeah, that, that came out in the press. Yeah. Such stark contrast to what we currently have in the White House, where you have a guy who likes to have a bunch of people around him who only show him good news, and it, he just depends on a bunch of sycophants to just appease him. And right. any, anybody that questions his judgment, obviously, is disloyal and doesn't see the bigger picture. It's just, it's, it's night and day. Good choice. I think it's an uh, important choice, too, to uh, galvanize uh, African-American voters uh, mm -hmm. that this is not business as usual. But it's better than a team came, too, you know, which would have been very business as usual. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, Biden said he was going to name the woman, so we yeah. wouldn't have that problem. But, you know, had you named Amy Klobuchar or something like that, actually, that would have been really bad, given the uh, racial justice yeah, yep. exactly. But, exactly. I think that immediately, but, uh, immediately ruled her out, I think, unfortunately for her. Yeah, I think Whitmer, unfortunately, I mean, I like Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, but I think she would have been. Very she, 
I think she was the other one. Yeah, it was uh, it was Harris, Warren, Whitmer, and Rice. I think were the four finalists. Yeah, I think Rice would have struck some people a little bit as business as usual, just because she's got less of the personality. Well, I th- I think she was she was a front runner just because of her past relationship with Biden in terms of the Obama White House. She had worked uh-huh. on the pandemic task force, so she has the skills. What Benghazi's got? That was gonna be a rub against her. There might be an email about about her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might have to have hearings on Capitol Hill. Yeah, we avoided that. Now the campaign starts in earnest because people are gonna start paying attention again. Now that he's announced the pick, the Democratic National Convention in in the whatever form it is this next week is it kicks yeah. off on Monday. And you know, Zoom obviously in. it's it's uh this Democratic National Zoom Room. <laughs> yeah. We did a podcast, I think, right after this. It was announced that Milwaukee was going to host a convention, and and obviously we were s- super excited. And as the city Heart was, wheels. and and the region was, I mean, even Republicans were excited. You know, just we were doing cartwheels. It yes. was it, it was it was a huge event for a city of our size, and it's very disappointing, obviously, that it's uh, it's come to this. But it's just a sign of the times, and it's a sign of the desperation that we have in front of us yeah. about where things are going and how, how shitty everything is and the small businesses that are going to suffer and schools continuing to be locked down. It's just, it's a, we're in a terrible place. And there are other countries that have gotten a hold of this thing. I mean, Canada is, is, is sending their kids back to school without masks because somehow they've managed to figure this thing Especially out. The case transmission rates are low. <laughs> yeah. It's not just because they they don't care about caution. It's that they right. actually have a very low uh, transmission rate. Yeah. So the question I would have, though, is uh, does Trump want people to go back to school, decide that they're sick, and then decide to actually do a hard lockdown, which happens to coincide with the election, and mm. then nobody can vote? I don't see him making a hard turn towards a lockdown. I think he's just going to ride this wave of open everything. We need college football, open up schools, liberate X state. You know, <laughs> I think he's I just mean, going to continue on that today, path. Right? But, but he also pushing. We're like around 80 days until the election. So it's just, right. I don't see him being able to pivot that quickly and people jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, maybe I mean the, the thing about it is that the schools reopening, and this is one of the points that Ulsterholm was making, is mm-hmm. going to going to cause another massive wave, if you will, a third mm-hmm. wave, I guess. Um, and it'll cause a spike. If it, for sure, it depends. I mean, how many schools actually do reopen? Right. Well, uh, I mean, it will almost certainly cause. A massive spike in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee public schools are not reopening. Uh, th- they are opening virtually. So it's going to be Zoom meetings and you know emailed assignments and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're saying uh, four to six weeks and then evaluate, reevaluate. But I mean, I honestly don't think um, anything's going to change this fall. I, I'm as a parent who has kids. In their, yes, I, I, I. Thing. I think we are just going to have virtual school this fall. We'll see what spring brings. But these other districts, suburban districts and rural districts in Wisconsin, because the governor uh, you know, is leaving it up to the individual districts to determine their own fate. I think a lot of these districts are going to open and then they're going to have a reckoning. They're going to have a spike in their cases and everybody's going to freak the fuck out. 
I think your parents are going to freak out. Teachers are going to freak out. Uh, staff are going to freak out. And you're going to have a lot of so when you have these districts areas, lockdown. Doesn't that give Trump an opening? No. What I think, say, what I, well, the, I'm going to take care of you all. There's one political issue I think that is more personal than any others, and that's sending your kids to school. Okay. I think that one hits home more than anything else. Even even somebody's job, you know, you get laid yeah. off, it sucks, and you you know, hopefully you find something else. But when your kids are being impacted by something like this, that that is just, I think that's the most personal political issue you can possibly hit home on. And so if if we reopen schools and things get all fucked up, and we have to send people home, and then there's outbreaks. That's I don't think that's good news for Trump. I guess I do think that Trump thrives on chaos. Of course, um, I of think course. that it's, maybe it's, saying that it might help him make the case that the election should be delayed. Delaying the election is a decision that has to be made by Congress. So I understand that. I'm just saying that. that but he may try. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> so. I'm just saying when he's trying to undermine the yeah. election results, that might right. be part of his rap. The U.S. Postal Service thing that he's done is a pretty clever maneuver because it what it does is it goes after, I mean, we have all a ton of polling that shows that Democrats want to use the mail and Republicans don't. Yeah. And it's that simple. So if you shut right. down the mail, well, then you'll shut down a bunch of Democratic votes. Yes. Or and the, and they'll shut down some Republicans as well. I mean, primarily some, seniors. But, but a minority. Vote by mail people are favoring Biden like 70 30 right now. I want to end on, on an optimistic note, though. Yeah. Uh, so the the polling, though, has has looked very good. So we've had we've Quite had good. some good we've had some very good polling numbers recently. The Marquette it's poll came been out. Been a little bit, Wisconsin, but yeah. Biden was here uh, forty nine to forty four amongst registered voters, I believe, uh, and then likely voters, which is. As you get closer to the election, you want to focus more on likely voters versus registered voters. Yeah, Biden's up 50 to 44. Uh, 6% choosing neither right now. But, you know, so the one thing is Biden's numbers in Marquette, are, if you look at the cross tabs, and they have pretty consistently underwhelmed in the city of Milwaukee compared yes. to, you know, even what Ebers or Clinton received, you know. Yeah. But Marquette has been has, has been kind of the gold standard. I mean, I think they've they've missed the market maybe a few times, but like very rarely. I think they've right, been, right. They've been a and pretty often, good poll. They often do get their regions like in every poll does this when you go to sub because the samples are so small. That yes. there's a lot of statistical error, and frequently yep. you'll have a region poll far more progressive, liberal, and uh, than it normally would or mm -hmm. or does and, and others that pull more conservative than it normally does and the errors tend to cancel themselves out and, yeah. and that yeah. is apparently maybe what's going on with Marquette although they have consistently seen pretty soft support for Biden in the Madison media market and city of Milwaukee and Biden's strength really in these polls is suburban areas in the Milwaukee, the wider Milwaukee media market, not just suburban areas, but even the somewhat rural areas outside of the suburbs like Jefferson County. It's not that yep. Biden's doing real well there. It's just that he's doing so much better than a Democrat typically does. Right. And he is apparently doing much better in the Green Bay Appleton media market than a Democrat typically does. As Looks well. like it. Looks like it. So that's something to keep an eye on. While so not I, doing very well in rural yeah. areas. 
which Kamala well, won't help with. But the good news is the population is not that high there. Right. <laughs> so. right. All right, listeners. We'll okay. talk to you soon. Take forward. care. Yeah, forward.